0: This is Danny Chats. Uh, we're on episode number seven now and today I'm joined by Jamie. All right, Jamie, how's it going?
1: Hey, Danny. Good. Thank you. Um, thank you for inviting me on. Really appreciate it. And, um, you know, I've been following a lot of what you've been doing on Instagram and social media and stuff, everything you've been doing for Liver Transplant Awareness. So uh, it's uh, it's an honour to be invited on.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming on. It's nice to have someone from the UK. I mean, I've had uh, Scotland, but not actually England. So... And I know a little bit about your story. I know we went to the same hospital, so it'd be interesting to find out a little bit more.
1: We did, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
0: Do you want to tell me how this all started for you then, the whole liver transplant process?
1: Yeah. Okay, well, I'll, I'll go back, way back to uh, early days when I was young, uh, just to give you a little history. Um, so I, I um, you know, growing up as a kid, I was diagnosed with dyslexia from a young age, and um, went to my schooling. Uh, it was a special dyslexia school in um, in Surrey, and uh, so I always struggled with learning. I always struggled with um, sort of dyslexia, and and you know didn't get any qualifications, and um, just yeah, the whole school process was was not that fun for me. Yeah. Um, and it was wasn't until sort of many years later that i was um, it wasn't until I was probably about twenty that I started to become very tired, um, just sort of lack of energy for anything um, you know found it very difficult to get up in the morning found it very difficult to you know hold down a job um, so I went to the doctors and um they ran a few tests, sort of at first they kind of thought I was just, you know, being crazy, just what I was being lazy. Um, but then, you know, after they did a few tests, they, they realised that there was um, potentially an issue. So they did some tests and um, I came back with having a portal vein thrombosis, which was basically like a clot in the liver. Um, so I, 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 had, I had tests, loads of scans, in and out of hospital for years. Long story short, I was um, misdiagnosed. Um, I was
0: going to say, because everyone I've interviewed so far has been uh, through Wilson's disease, but we connected because of your liver transplant and you didn't have Wilson's disease. So you thought you had this uh, diagnosis and then I suppose that changed.
1: Yeah, so I had the, um, I had that and then I was put on warfarin to sort of thin my blood just to help with the blood flow around my liver. Um So like I said, I was just having endless tests in and out. That, of different... that was
0: tablets, wasn't it? Not injections? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, every day I would take those. And, you know, the worst part about it was is that it didn't actually make me feel any better. You know, you would have thought that, you know, actually if I had this, maybe it would help with some of the symptoms. But I was still getting tired and, you know, didn't have any energy or anything. Um, so I had lots of different tests. I was kind of thrown around to like different doctors and stuff. And uh, it actually ended up seeing one doctor who uh, looked at all my scans and results and you know realized that things kind of didn't really add up. So he um, he referred me to uh, King's and it was there that I was diagnosed with um, a really rare condition called Abernathy syndrome, uh, which basically meant that the blood around my liver wasn't um, getting around my body the way it should be. It was kind of like bypassing my liver. Yeah. Um, and that in turn caused um, cancer tumors, you know, and my liver was actually shrinking as well. Um, so, yeah. And then in in that, with that, I had to um, have uh, chemo and uh, taste, which is basically like a type of chemo for It's targeted um, into the body. Um, and then I was that kind of worked a little bit and bided me a bit of time um, and initially I was going to have like a kind of stent operation when we first spoke to the doctor about it he was he was going to do like this stent this because he didn't want to do the transplant
0: yeah, at can first. We, can I just go back so you said you were being seen for the, um, the, the what they thought was a blockage and then yes. you had you had a different doctor come along. Was that because you went to see someone else, or did you want a second opinion, or was that literally because?
1: Um, so the actual first diagnosis with the portal vein thrombosis was um, with a doctor who I was under for a few years. I was in that Kingston Hospital with him. Um, but he he actually died, uh, yeah. which we we never found out about. But supposedly he he died, which is obviously terrible. Um, and uh, so that ended up me being referred to another doctor who was just very, very like spot on. He was a German doctor who was just very like, if he didn't see something that add up, he'd go over and over again. So he was the one that, um, you know, saw things, you know, certain things didn't make sense with my results and stuff. And he referred me to King's where I saw a specialist there, uh, Professor Michael uh, Heaton, who was did my operation. Like, he's amazing. Um, and uh, and that's where they found like the Abernathy, this really rare condition which I think there's only like a few cases in the whole world, <laughs> um, you know. And I'm one of them, so super special. <laughs> um, I bet at
0: Kings, you were, at Kings, they must have sort of loved you because I know even having Wilson's disease is probably not as rare as what you have, but because it's a medical student college sort of place, you know, they they bring everyone in to look at you, examine you. Yeah.
1: Well, I had I remember being in hospital. They had had quite a few like. Um, medical students wanting to interview me and stuff and find out a bit more about what it was Um, yeah so so yeah so there was there was that and then um so i was um they eventually realized that they couldn't do the stem because they'd realized that my tumors in my liver the cancer tumors had grown too much so they basically said that you know your transplant is the only option, which was obviously really really scary. When we, I was going to say
0: this must have been uh, a, a really sort of um, harrowing time for you, really.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, we felt like I never felt that I was like ill, ill. I just felt like really really tired. So I just felt like I was kind of lacking in iron or something, or just you know had some sort of deficiency. I never ever thought it would be as bad as it. Turned out to be. Um, I bet when you heard the, the
0: cancer, the C word.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, you you As soon as you hear that, you just think, well, that's it. You know, yeah, yeah. you know, it's it's over, kind of thing. You know, your mind goes to the worst case scenario. You start planning your funeral in your head and all that kind of stuff. Um. So yeah, so you know, but luckily, I was you know, uh, November two thousand eighteen. I was. Uh, I was saved you know I, I was um I was somewhere else having some tests done and um, we got a call in the afternoon and um, my dad took the call you know he he was obviously very emotional when um when it was the call but you know yeah, yeah. And, uh, put me in a taxi and went to the hospital and you know so many different things going through my mind you know obviously completely freaked out by the whole thing um but the guys at king's hospital like they're so good they're so even though like what you're going through is massive like they're so good at just supporting you reassuring you you know telling you that once you get through it you're going to feel so much better and all this kind of stuff um there was one previous call before i had the call cool. um yeah, yeah that's
0: yeah i think i had i had four calls uh,
1: well, three calls and then the fourth time was the, mm. the final call. Mm. So, yeah, so, I mean, that first call, I was called, got an ambulance, called up at three in the morning, went to the hospital, and um, there was a bit of a wait. And then we found out that actually there was a very ill baby um, that was, you know, not in a good way and, and really needed needed a new, a new liver. So, obviously, it was kind of between me and the baby at one point. So, I was obviously like, you know, You've got to give it to the, to the child. i I mean, I'm in a bad way, but I'm not I'm not sort of, you know, knocking on death's door just yet. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so... That, it would
0: be, it'd be interesting to know with a, an adult liver, whether they could, with some people, maybe take a small bit off of the child and then give the rest to someone else. Because as you probably know, the, the liver regrows, doesn't it? So
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm not sure. I, I mean, I don't know if that's been done before or not. Uh, yeah, that would
0: be interesting, I wonder.
1: So, um so, yeah, so I eventually had the transplant. I was in hospital for nine days. Yeah, and, Um. good. It was, yeah, lots of drugs, lots of weariness, you know. Um, I'm sure you you experienced the same. Um,
0: yeah, I think some of the worst parts for me were the having the drainage tubes in.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: They were so uncomfortable. And then yeah. the, the having to go to the toilet. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously, you know, pump full of morphine which binds you up you can't push because your stomach's been cut open yeah. but you can't leave the hospital until you've been and you're, you're going yeah. properly. so that was like always a big challenge yeah
1: yeah yeah definitely and and waking up for the first time not being able to speak so i remember my family was standing around me at the time i woke up and i was i could see that they were all there and i just was like you know like gagging to speak but yeah. i had a thing in my mouth. Um, yeah.
0: I think for me, the first thing I wanted to do, I wanted to send someone out and they got me an ice lolly.
1: Really, that's interesting because I didn't really have any appetite at all. I ended up having these sort of shakes. um, Yeah,
0: a lot of people have said uh, either through the steroids or they have the steroids to increase their appetite and things like that. But I mean, for me, I've never struggled with my appetite. And it was literally like I said, it's the first thing I thought of when I woke up. And then I, I just ate everything after that I could yeah yeah <laughs> that's
1: cool um
0: so you were in for nine days and then you uh, obviously got released to go back home how did you find it being back at home
1: um so yeah i mean being back at home was um took a while to adjust it felt i remember when i the first day i came out of hospital and it just felt everything was just like wow like look at the trees and stuff again and like just being able to Go for a little walk and stuff like it was really surreal it was like you know not that i've ever been in prison but like the closest i can imagine to like yeah, yeah. being in prison or something how did you find uh, your
0: mobility and stuff was i mean uh for me the first thing i did was have a bath and i could get in and out of the bath okay but in terms of any kind of sitting up at home or standing up too long it hurt uh i had a friend pop round and i sent him home after about five minutes because he kept making me laugh and it was just so painful
1: yeah, yeah, so yeah, and no, I remember like finding obviously the stomach area really, really painful and finding it difficult. I was kind of hunched over for quite a while. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't, it was very difficult to stand up straight. You're about feeling like almost like you were like ripping that area of your core. Yeah. You know, it was so Did tight. Do you
0: have um, staples or uh,
1: um, No, I just had some like kind of plaster thing on me and it was actually like stitched up really well like like um but yeah it was just plastery stuff and then maybe maybe not staples but like some little plasticky things like holding holding it together but um yeah very very tight in that area to begin with
0: yeah
1: Uh, and then
0: obviously uh i know now that you're doing things like yoga and you run a yoga course and A few other things like that. So obviously now you're a lot more mobile, a lot more flexible. Uh, Yeah.
1: So I'm. I'm. I mean, I'm pretty much back to full fitness now. I mean, obviously I'm. I'm back and forth having blood tests just to check everything is okay. Do you go once a year at the
0: moment? Because you're three years post now, aren't you? Is it three years? Um,
1: Not quite three years. Just under two, I think. Yeah. So. I, um, yeah, I have, I have blood tests sort of every three or four months and then and then you get a call, you know, obviously like you know, just to um, go through it all with you. But it's been all right. The only thing that's been a bit of an issue is my kidney function because of the, you know, the medication, obviously, as you know, can can affect your kidneys a bit. What
0: medication are
1: you actually on? Uh, just the uh, immunosuppressants, so the tacrolimus. Yeah, and I think when you come out of hospital, you were on steroids? I was on steroids i was on like 20 milligrams of steroids i was on prednisolone. um i was on you know the stuff that you took for like your stomach i can't remember what it's called now just to help with um gas reflux um um probably
0: yeah yeah. Like that. yeah
1: um
0: did you find that the steroids messed you up in any way
1: i found the steroids really affected my mood i was very very like on edge Yeah, angry, like shouting at my family, my wife, and stuff. And uh, yeah, um, yeah, no, wasn't wasn't great being on the steroids.
0: (laughs) I I didn't have any mood swings or anything like that, but um, I had like a sleep paralysis and really struggled sleeping. And I've never had sleep paralysis. It's like, um, but one of the nights, it was like a demon that came in and sat on my chest. Like it was so visual. I've never had anything like it, but. um, uh, that soon stopped, and I did so many things I could to try and stop it. Like um, I went to a lavender fields in my house and just filled my bedroom up with lavender and tried right. to get sleep routine. So yeah, I think that that was the only thing I had from the uh, steroids.
1: I think actually being in hospital, I probably had. That's where I had like all these sort of hallucinations and stuff, and all sorts of voices going on in my head. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, soon soon wore off though.
0: Yeah, yeah, I bet. And as I mentioned that you do yoga, so we'll put a link up to that because you run classes and stuff and from what I've seen, they're really good.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. It's um, something which is nice to get back into and just, uh, you know, getting back into doing, doing, because I really found work hard before the operation. Like I couldn't really function and, you know, energy levels were so low. You know, the things I wanted to do, I couldn't really make happen. So it's just nice to be able to, do something that you've got the energy to do now, and um, you know, you can help others as well with it, so it's nice. Yes, good. Mm. And um,
0: so, going forward, have you got sort of many plans? Obviously, at the moment, there's not a lot we can do because we're in lockdown.
1: Yeah, no, so uh, we were going to go to Greece in August, but I think that's probably going to be off now. Yeah. Um, so, you've, it's you've been planning. on a couple
0: of holidays since the operation, though, have you?
1: we went to greece last year for our honeymoon because um my wife and i we weren't able to uh go on a honeymoon when i was on the waiting list just because you're not allowed to go anywhere
0: Uh,
1: thankfully we managed to get married which was amazing um got married while you was on the
0: waiting list
1: yeah wow yeah yeah yeah. so that was yeah i mean that was quite hard because we were in two minds as to whether we should get married or not because of whether or not i'd get the call but um Mm -hmm. Yeah, we went ahead with it, and you know, it was yeah, it worked out amazingly. Oh,
0: that's brilliant! That's really good. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Um, for me, being on the waiting list, I didn't have anything to do or anything like that. So it just was, it just felt like my life was fully on hold, and I had no control over it or anything. Um, you literally just sort of sat in the air waiting for someone else to to save you, I suppose.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I know it's um, it's a tough time, and um, I think what you can do is just do whatever you can to distract yourself and, you know. Um,
0: did, you, did you try and keep us fit, obviously, as possible as well?
1: Yeah, so um, I just tried to eat healthy, you know, um, do as much exercise as possible. and see now you eat
0: really healthy as well, which is good. Way healthier than I do. <laughs> I
1: try to, yeah. Try. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, no, it's definitely important to keep busy, you know, do um do exercise, if you can do exercise. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, and all those things, you know, just to get your mind away from the future and, you know, what might happen.
0: <laughs> do you know anything about your donor? Did they tell you much? Because uh, they told me, obviously, that uh, I had a young lad. He was, I think he was 21 or 22. So mm. I know he was male and the age. Mm. That's what I know so far.
1: Um, I don't know anything really I don't uh, you know I may have been told something but I can't quite remember um I'm still due to send my letter I've written my letter I need to make sure I get that out that's that's going to be the next step but um
0: that must be an emotional because I've thought about writing my letter and I planned uh, it's coming up now I'm going to start as well because I wanted to do mine a year after the op yeah um and just sitting there thinking about it sometimes I'm like oh, yeah it's not daunting but it just brings up all the emotions
1: it's hard to know what to write and what words are the right words to put down Uh, you know it's uh you know you never think you're gonna have to write anything like that in your life do you you know writing to someone else's family about their child or daughter's death that saved your life yeah
0: yeah
1: Yeah. yeah. so yeah um but yeah and i'm getting i'm I'm gonna get that out there um it's big big and important to me (laughs) yeah yeah i'm sure um
0: Uh, so what else is there anything that you'd like
1: to especially add or um, just a thank you to like my, um, my my doctor Professor Heaton you know if it wasn't for him like I wouldn't be here today like he did amazing and you know yeah. is gave us sort of so much hope and reassurance when we were like really really worried like he said um, the
0: whole team at kings are amazing yeah
1: like and all the nurses and everyone there they were so good like i had quite a few nights where i was just really scared and really upset about what was going to happen how i was going to you know how long it would take how long i'd be in hospital for like all these you know all these things were going through my mind and the nurses were just you know they'd give you a hug when you needed it and they'd sit down and have a chat with you if you needed it so
0: was that was that the first time that you'd really had sort of hospital time because uh, for me i when i was i was in hospital a lot when i was 14 mm-hmm. pretty much from 14 to 16 i was in there a lot and then i've always been going back uh, so, to me,
1: hospital is like a second home, but I suppose to you, if you've not been there or yeah. not. I mean, I was in, I've, I've obviously been in and out for like scans and stuff. But um, the only other time I was in kind of overnight was when I was having my chemotherapy and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was, and I was in hospital a couple of times because actually um, when I had the Abernathy syndrome, I was, um What's the word? I had encephalopathy or whatever you call it, where basically because the blood flow affects your brain. So I was in quite a bad way just before the operation, like, um, um, you know, I was getting these brain problems and I was off balance one day and just nearly collapsed. So I ended up in Brighton Hospital for a couple of nights. So, yeah, that was that was quite hard. And then when I had the actual chemo. um, Yeah. Yeah, I bet the
0: chemo was daunting.
1: Yeah, not a nice experience, you know, um, for anyone to go through, because it was chemo and radiotherapy in the end. Yeah, yeah, tough one, but got through it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Obviously, everyone that's been through this is such strong characters, everyone I've spoken to. You kind of have to be, don't you, really? Yeah,
1: I mean, it definitely makes you stronger, and, you know, you go, you have some dark days where, you know, when you're, you're having, you're going through all these things, but... You know you go through that you have a cry you know you you have a bit of a panic and then you know you grow and you get stronger for that i yeah. think um yeah well
0: thank you very much for coming on is there anything else
1: uh yeah i've just add a couple of things so just um big thank you obviously to my donor who, who saved my life and um you know it's it's an amazing thing and um yeah just need to get that letter out to them and uh, say my thanks but yeah Uh, and also to anyone who's on the list just um you know making sure that they try not to panic too much and you know really important to look after the mind you know do things to help them feel better get out there get exercise if you can and um you know, once you once you get the operation, you get that liver, which you will, you know, you're going to feel amazing afterwards, so...
0: Yeah, well, I, can't, I can't even put into words how different or how how amazing I feel compared mm, to before.
1: It's like, it's like just being given a new zest of life, it's like you're a new person.
0: Yeah, 100%,
1: 100%. Yeah, um, and you appreciate things, I think, a lot more, like... Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. You know, the little things in life, like just going for a walk or going, like, especially now when we've been in lockdown for so many weeks, like, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, uh, no, yeah. it's nice. Every life is, life is nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, every day is a blessing. Every yeah. day is special.
1: Definitely. Brilliant.
0: Well, thank you very much for coming on, Jamie.
1: Yeah, thanks, Danny.
0: Uh, and like i say I'll put a link up to your yoga page and everything because it's totally worth looking at. Um, yeah. I've, see, I've seen plenty of stuff, but I've only just moved into a new place, so now I've got some room, I'll join up.
1: Yeah, yeah, no worries. No, you're, no, you're welcome. Have, check it out when you can. Brilliant. Thank you very much. See you later, you. mate. standing here uh, Take care.